Welcome back, Signals from the Deep, episode 1111, and oh my goodness, do we have one heck of a crew. John Forslund, JT Brown, Eddie Olchek, thank you guys so much for coming on. Wait a second. That's our pleasure, Nick. Uh, How about about my dad? How about Edzo? Uh How about, uh, I mean... I have how a long, grievance. How long? Wait why a second. is he like this right away? Why is he? Why does he do this? Bud Grant, please, please, Bud. Happy I New said, Year, hey, Bud. I said, hey, Bud, to Grant the other day, he didn't get it. <laughs> I have one grievance to start. To start. This JT knows four seven. You know Bud Grant. No, yes, I know. Yes, okay. I, I know that's right. And Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. No. Okay. We're going to use Lou the Grant Google, Google Never machine. Mind. Okay. On the right. drive-in. Can, can we start over, please? No, we can't. <laughs> One take wonder. Here we go. <laughs> when Johnny, when we're going into the car today, I opened the car, and he needed to go somewhere yesterday, so he took the car. Okay? So I got in the car. I went to sit down, and my back gave out because the seat was at 180 degrees. The driver's seat. He drives seat. like that? Yeah. In the back seat. Does he drive with his feet? <laughs> You have the longest arms in the world to reach the steering wheel. Uh, but we made it here safe. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, feel your pain. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What do you mean pain? What, what, pain. what pain? Pain. I took a couple of Excruciating Tylenol before pain. I saw you this morning. I'm just letting everybody know right now. JT, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year to you as well. So we just came off a spectacle on New Year's Day, the Winter Classic. And each one of us in this room had a role to play. So I want to go around the table, and I want each of you to describe what the day was like, what your role was, and what were your overall thoughts on uh, on just the spectacle. We're going to get into the game, but just being there at T-Mobile Park watching the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. Dad? Oh, hi, Nick. How you doing? Are you a little bit distracted Son? right now? No, I'm not distracted. Ever. Oh, okay. Come on with this four. Okay. Um, well, I was lucky enough to be a part of the TV uh, broadcast uh, on TNT. And, you know, I, I've done uh, I've done a few of these. Uh, I've done a few of these games uh, over, uh, over the history of the Winter Classic and being able to celebrate the greatest game in the world and... Um, the presentation and the just the backdrop, because this is the marquee and it has been the marquee regular season game uh, on the NHL schedule since the late 2000s when they had the very first game at Orchard Park in Buffalo between the Penguins and the Sabres. And I think it is a celebration of the game, the grassroots of the game. And any time that you can get... 47,000-plus in a building, 100,000-plus as they did at the big house uh, when the Red Wings took on the Maple Leafs a a bunch of years ago. That's great for the game. It's great for the business of the game. But I just think that the backdrop of the city, the two newest franchises in the National Hockey League, uh, it is a celebration, and it was just, uh, it's always fun to be a part of it, but there is an energy. I think there was an energy at practice. We were all at practice on whatever the day was Sunday. I think that was New Year's Eve. I don't remember the days, Johnny. You look at me like I have seven Sunday. heads again. Okay. I got confused Followed when Christmas is. Thank you. Thank you. Today's thank Wednesday. You. That's right. And let me know when a day doesn't end and why. Okay. Just let me know that. So I, 
Okay, now first off, you, you come out firing here, and you're, you're like, I, I just want to ask people this question. That's right, you need a name tag over there. That's right. Hi, my name is John, and I'm the only person in the history of the world that has an alarm to drink water. Okay, like first off, okay, you know what? I I set an alarm. I'm very busy. I set so an alarm. I don't have time to play the horses. Okay, now that's legit because I, you know, the time change or whatever. But look, Johnny, I, drink water. Drinking water Just, is good for you. I know that, that's but all. why do you, you have that crazy alarm that goes off every four minutes during like, the game ever? I don't think no. I think it's on silent. I don't. I've never heard your alarm go off during the game though. It's on silent. It is okay. Game. Perfect. Right, but unlike other things, do you want me to? I can look at Edzo can be your <laughs> alarm. Oh really? I will. Or I would, alarming. <laughs> um, yeah, I would probably say the ing part <laughs> of that. <laughs> So, but I don't know if anybody has an alarm to drink water. That that's the that's the first in the history of alarms. Uh, I have JT, a lot of alarms. The, I've never for heard other things too. You are you, you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I've never had. I anybody. do not have an alarm. Okay, to thank drink you, water. thank you, Nick. Do you have an alarm to drink water? Uh, no, just say no and don't kiss up to Johnny because you work. No, that's with my him the that's other my day. broadcast partner. Oh my Sports gosh. USA. He's my partner the too. Winter Classic. But let, let's be let let let's make sure you're that you're thirsty. We, you just drink water. That's it. Right. Okay. So anyway, and you're and Natalie, you're at this stage of life. And and Natalie, (laughs) you need an alarm to remind you when it's time. Natalie, your, your, your beautiful wife. Yes. Uh, I've talked to her about this and and really, yeah, (laughs) yes, we've talked about a lot and we agree on a lot about you. Okay. Just for the record. She's been real happy for the last (laughs) month. It's unusual. (laughs) But getting back to the game, it's, it was just, it was unbelievable, obviously, to see the Seattle legends and uh, the fans and, you know, just the way that both teams uh, embrace the, uh, you know, it's different. It, it, it's a different game. And from the broadcast side, obviously, it's not, it's, there's really nothing normal about broadcasting on television, a, a game like this, because you're, you're selling the event, you're selling the, the grassroots part of it, but once the puck drops, there is two points, two huge points available. And pretty much from my chair and from my bosses and our bosses, Johnny at, at TNT, they want us to call a hockey game. And and that's what we tried to do. And yeah, you sprinkle in a few things here and there and you tell stories, but uh, it was a lot of fun and always just uh, kind of just the schedule when, when the game happens like this, at least for me, it's it's different, right? And that's the kind of way that that I've kind of looked at it. And uh, look at the, the organization, the league, um, Todd Lewicki and Victor DeBonis and his entire staff, hockey operations department led by the Hall of Famer, the great Ron Francis. They deserve a lot of credit for what they put into it and how the presentation came out. And look, this is an NHL event, but you got Vegas, you got the Kraken, and once you put it all in there, uh, you get a celebration of the greatest game in the world. And like I said, you had the two of the newest franchises that were playing in the game. And I think the defending Stanley Cup champions being here, but then also, too, is it was an unbelievable opportunity for the, for, for the Kraken to be able to market and sell and get out to the world, really. And the sweaters and the swag and, you know, the people who are just, you know, absorbing the merchandise when you're walking around there. It's just, it, it's, it's great for everything. So for me, it was, uh, it's always fun to be a part of it. And 
you know, my vantage point, one last thing, because you guys were down at ice level, I was not, um, well, we were up in the press box. And yeah, it's a little far away and did a lot of watching from the Jumbotron out in center field and on the monitor. And I'm not sure, what, why are you getting aggravated over there, Johnny? Because they kept changing that Jumbotron right. to like a heat map and other uh, graphics yeah. and okay. bothered me. Right. Go ahead. Okay. All right. How many pairs of, did you need an extra? Because we really pair of needed it where we were. You had, every, you had 12 monitors, no, a comfortable booth, eight people <laughs> supporting nine. you. I had nine. A great partner, a partners with another guy at ice level if he had a chance to talk. And then the two of us <laughs> were sitting on the boards. Yeah, I, and we couldn't I, yeah. see three quarters of the ring. Yeah, I, I've done games from the boards before. Nikki, do you want to just leave? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll text we'll you guys. We'll, we'll text yeah. you guys. So, so that vantage point, yeah, it's a little far away, and it's 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 tough to see. But again, it's it, it is what it is. And uh, I mean, it was I mean, we're nice. I mean, it was a little chilly in the booth. It was probably you know maybe like high forties, but we had a couple of heaters around yeah, our feet course. and I uh, had some hand warmers and oh. uh, had some uh, chocolate day hot and it uh-huh. was nice I, it and was a great it was a great day for uh, mm-hmm. what else you have we had two we had two green two rooms. two <laughs> green rooms <laughs> so that was my that was my day in a in a nutshell yeah. so JT who were you there with where were you at just take us through the uh, the winter classic for you oh, slightly different uh <laughs> not calling so I brought the yeah. wife and both kids to the game and right. You know, that was a interesting adventure, to mm. say the least. I think the it started with just convincing Lily that she had to wear pants and that it was going to be cold outside and <laughs> couldn't wear shorts. <laughs> Would have been a long game uh, had she uh, decided to wear shorts yeah. out there. And so, you know, more just trying to get them all ready, get them prepared, bundle them up. Um, you know, but once we got to the game, I thought it was it was fun. I mean, obviously getting there, it was a little bit of a spectacle. The kids love seeing Bowie. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time standing in lines, mm-hmm. uh, whether that was to get chicken fingers, uh, pizza. <laughs> what else did we get? Dippin' Dots, popcorn, Sprite, uh, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, Should have just gone up to the TNT booth. Oh, they probably had it all ready they there did. for it. For eh? free. We didn't have it all, but, you know, in could have we could have got you some forks for the ice cream, you know? Some forks, yeah. Well, yeah. we had to do whatever we could to keep the kids happy. And, Hopefully, and, they didn't and see sitting, Bowie right? getting beaten up by Biz. No, they did not see. Okay, they, good. they didn't see that. They saw Bowie okay. throwing uh, t-shirts in the stands. Okay, they good. were loving that part. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the cheering, "Let's go, Kraken!" They got really involved in that. Uh, they loved the Joey chance, which mm. is actually, I mean, we've seen that at CPA, but to kind of hear that. At T-Mobile with 40, well, I guess it wasn't all 47,000, but majority of everybody there, you know, yelling Joey's name every time he walked down the tunnel. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. But fun thing was I missed the entire intro because I was in line. So I saw all of that. I saw the it fly all over and everything. I saw it. Nobody saw the coverage on TNT on the monitors in the, in the, uh, (laughs) you missed the anthem. I was in line. All of that. I was in line. Oh, no. They, the kids were not hungry. And then when I get a text, they said they need chicken fingers. So then I had to go to the chicken finger line. You're, a good, you're a good husband and father, JT. He's great. Missed the entire Fantastic. thing. I came back just in time for puck drop. That's okay. why I remember I text you. Yeah. I was in line yes. and I was like, what, what time, time is the puck official drop? puck drop? Yeah. I didn't get a text back, by the way. I'm either. sorry. I, it was, he was, I was, he was busy. Working. I was talking to Johnny. I wanted to give <laughs> him my he full attention. He wanted a text and I said, who are you texting? <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> so a little bit different yeah, uh, experience, yeah. but obviously the once we got to sitting down and watching the game, where, where were you sitting? Uh, so one twenty four. So it was a little. So where were you? Like so, so first so, base side. Okay, um, okay. So the the uh, Kraken zone. 
where we de- yeah. where the, where we defended yep. twice, right? Yep. And okay. then like towards the very top, like s- tops, I was the second row. Okay. So it was high enough up that right. you could still see the game, right. Right. Um, you know, for the 100. But right. in case it did rain, we yeah. were covered. Sure. Had that little, what was it? Thankfully, the first, like, thankfully five, the game wasn't rows. yesterday, yeah. right? Oh my Considering God. we're taping this on, what's it, what is today? Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Sorry, okay. Yesterday Today's was Wednesday, Wednesday, January 3rd. The day before Thanks, was Monday. Okay. Three Check days your alarm. You need to drink some water. Three days into the new year. <laughs> That's the only interesting part was I think I spent half the time trying to keep the kids uh, yeah, all right. wrangled in. Yeah, and yeah. thankfully we brought their Nintendo Switches too because about the, yeah. I don't know, maybe after the first period. Yeah. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. I want this. And I'm like, all right, well, here you go. Here's your game. So then we yeah. could still watch and. I just think it was uh, it was definitely a fun game to watch and to yeah. be able to see their performance, which, like Nikki, you said, we'll get into that. But, yeah. you know, just looking around T-Mobile and being able to be there the day before for the practice and get close to the ice and kind of – that was probably the – I did more of looking then than I did when I was there because obviously you got to yeah. watch the, the five- and the six-year-olds. Yeah, so right, right. I think that was just – it was just an awesome experience to yeah. kind of get down there, get on ice level, to be a part of that, see them practicing up close. And then when the game came, I mean – Obviously, it was just fun to watch the game, and it's yeah. a little bit different. You still always have your analyst hat on, even though you're not working. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of fun to just sit back and enjoy the game from a more of a fan perspective. And it seemed like you had a great uh, vantage point, too. It's kind of one of those where, like, you know, you think for hockey games you want to be closer, but there with the way that the rink is orientated and the seats being a little bit back, I mean, you had a pretty good view. How about the noise level? Like it, I mean, we had the headset, Johnny and I doing, doing radio, we had the headset on, like, did it get really loud in, in your area where you were? Yeah, it was, it was loud. And the one thing I'll say too, that was, we, we left right after, um, you know, the zero zeros in the uh, third period and wanted to get out of there because the kids and making sure we didn't spend too much time (laughs) in traffic. But as we were walking back, I believe it was during the time when Joey walked on the set. Right. And we were outside of the building and could still hear the Joey chants, wow. um, you know, from him going on. I think he was talking to Biz. And yeah, the he was the on the desk for TNT. Yeah, and he was the MVP of the game. Yeah, I mean, from outside, we're still walking to the parking garage and we hear Joey, Joey, and like it was. So it was pretty cool, even just being yeah. that far away and still being able to hear. But inside, it was it was pretty nuts. It was wow. it was loud up up in the press box was area. I, I'll yeah. tell you that. I mean. You know, had the headset on it, it. You could really. I think we picked it up pretty well on the on the broadcast. But and a couple of times, you know, I kind of just took off one of the uh, one of the earmuffs, and uh, it it got pretty loud. Yeah. It, it it got pretty loud in there. So that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. It's yeah. a different feeling just because of the open roof. And mm-hmm. usually, you're in a building with twenty thousand. Now, now all of a sudden, it's it's doubled and yeah. plus seventy four or seventy five hundred. It was a uh, place was rocking there. It was, it was, a, it was a great atmosphere from the, you know, from the press yeah. box area. And a huge credit to all the fans that came out, Kraken fans, Golden Knight fans, hockey fans. Yeah, right. right. All over, couldn't all over have been, the world. Couldn't have yeah. been a better day. Johnny, how about for you? You got to work with an I, old check that you love. Uh, and uh, how I was, was how surrounded was by old checks <laughs> that day? Clowns to the left of me, old checks to the right. Old checks everywhere. Stuck in the um, middle with you, Johnny. Worked with um, a great old check. Thank you, Johnny. During the broadcast, uh, who did a very nice job. Excellent. Um, so here's, here's my thing. Uh, being on the boards, you know, uh, I'm not going to talk about the broadcast because this game was different for me in the, in the sense, and I know you've done games in Chicago, but this was, you know, the team that you cover uh-huh. and you're basically in your home away from home, right? You're at your, your new home, yep. your, new, your new locale. So... For me, it was it was really cool the way the league 
brought the culture of the city at the forefront of this event. And what I mean by this is, you know, when I took the job, I took it unseen because of the pandemic. I didn't even come to Seattle. I had no, I never had been here in my life, had no idea what it was like, but I had an idea as a fan growing up what it might be like and what the sports culture might be like. Right. So I go out, I know how old I am. Okay. So please no jokes here, but I, I do go back to really vivid memories of Jack Sigma mm-hmm. and Lenny Wilkins and those great late seventies supersonics teams and how great they were and how loud the old building was. And then when they played in the kingdom, what that was like. Right. And then when the Seahawks started to get a little traction with Jim Zorn and Largen and Steve Rabel, who I met over the weekend, the voice of the, the Seahawks who played for them. Um, I remember all these names. I remember uh, the loudness and what it was like. And then the Mariners launch and, and playing in the kingdom when they first, you know, had those great teams with, with junior and, and Randy Johnson and, and all this. And you're like, okay, um, what will it mean for the Kraken? Well, on this day, I think it all came together, right? Because for me, it was Sunday morning when I got there early and I walked from Lumen Field where I had to park my car because I went to the football game and came across. There was nobody there, but fans were starting to mill around and people were posing for photos outside, you know, outside the ballpark. And it was just kind of a, a communal feel that I think we have in the city. And then you get to the event and, you know, when they when they have the intro the way they did with Sir Mix-a-Lot, which was was off the charts with the fire, uh, the pregame pageantry, which unfortunately JT didn't get to see. The throwing of the fish. Uh, the when, the, throwing, when the Kraken the walked real, out. The real salmon. Yeah. You know, people were those stuff. No, they, that was real. And I mean, you know, the, the fishmongers out there and all of that. And a lot of that's new to us. Like we're surprised by it because we, maybe you do at TNT, they give you, you know, boatloads of information. Well, <laughs> God bless Larry Kahn and Sports USA. We basically show up, put the cans on and start talking. And we're, we're getting this, which is pretty good because we're getting it by surprise. Like even the flyover, I didn't have any information on that. It was just our impressions of what it was. I, I've, I've done, I did the game in Toronto from ice level. I've done one of these in a football press box in Nashville. I didn't particularly like that one. And I've seen flyovers at many other events. This one was unique. Uh, the national anthem, Nikhil did an unbelievable mm. job with that. Okay. We've seen him at climate pledge arena. So that was kind of cool. And then, you know, the music with, with heart coming out there, I'm a big music fan. So, uh, right I mean, near wheelhouse. I mean, Ray, My, mine too. Ray, Char- Ray, Ray Charles started here, Jimi Hendrix, then Hart, and then you go on and on with the grunge and Macklemore and all this, you go through it all. There, for whatever reason, there's a magical musical culture in the city. It was there for the game. So that was good. And then the legends come out, right? Mm-hmm. And that was really special. So I don't know. And then the fans take over. And that ballpark, I, as we said on the air, that ballpark, it, it, it's, it's 25 years old. It still has a lot of newness to it, but it still has an old look. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the visuals, they're spectacular. Because it looks like an old ballpark. It, I guess it is because it's 25 is not yeah. a lot of years for me and you, Eddie. But right. for some it is, JT and Nick, probably so. Um, but but it still has a newness attached to it. So it was a great venue. And being at ice level, we're in the center of it all. The only drawback was looking at every single commercial timeout and break and waving to the <laughs> press box and the, the baseball press box and trying yeah. to get someone's attention and very little. Uh, I don't know if you saw us wave. We waved every single, look at, there it is. Nikki's got, Nikki right now is showing Eddie. I was adjusting the heater. Every time out I did that and I never got a return. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I did see the one time 
And I waved. And then, of course, Johnny, I mean, my son, of course, he respectfully waves, you know, like, you know, kind of like the queen, not the queen here, but the queen, you know, the late queen. And and then and then I get I get Johnny like, you know, kind of giving the hand and he's like whacking like a whack-a-mole. Like he takes his hand and looks at me and, he, and once we make eye contact from about 800 yards, he takes his hand. He just kind of swats it like, OK, I, I'm not had enough like. I mean that that that, that bothered me. I for think a it while. was a sincere wave from ice. It level. was it was not. It was every insincere. single time. It was out, right? insincere. Every single time out, I turned around and and it's gave it true. away. But it's anyway, true. But anyway, are there was, any commercial breaks in this thing? No, uh, no they're I, not. I need because no. I, no. I I need to. But, it could but be worse. sponsors but, haven't been contacted. What we yet. do need to hear from is another guy that played an important role, and that's our fantastic producer Grant. Grant, what was the day like for you? Your experience, what'd you see, what'd you think, and for those that don't know, what exactly were you doing for the Winter Classic? Well, uh, first off, thank you, Nick. Uh, the um, the day job that I have here, I don't I don't just produce the podcast. I actually have to make my money uh, some other way. Uh, I'm one of the uh, IT staff here for the team, so. Uh, when it comes to game day support, we're there to make sure um, folks like our social media staff, our PR staff, our, you know, basically anybody that has a function for the team at a game is supported from from a technology level. For the the team itself, hockey operations, you have uh, uh, the great uh, Tim Ohashi, uh, Brady Morgan, who are doing video replay and constantly, you know, looking at monitors and are, and are tagging videos throughout the game. We need to have somebody there just in case something goes wrong so, you know, that we can get them back up and running as quickly as possible. So for the game, for us, it's one of those things where we hurry up and wait. We are there just in case something goes wrong, and it's really great when nothing goes wrong. And 99% of the time that happens. So so for us, uh, I had a couple other folks on my team. Uh, LJ and Evan uh, were there with us as well. They were up on the press box to make sure, you know, everybody up there was, was taken care of. But I was in the locker room. Um, and really just kind of seeing the sights from there, trying to stay out of the way so that uh, everybody could uh, get ready for the game. During the game, I was I was in the dugout um, and watching from there, and that is, you guys talk about your view from the ice level. Well, take that, you know, 200 feet back, if you will, um, and you can't see anything on the ice, but great view of the Jumbotron, but then you're experiencing everything around you at that point. You're the 47,000 fans, you know, Every goal, I just looked up and watched, you know, all these people cheering and, and going nuts, um, you know, the chance. And, and so being there for that part of it and experiencing it from that ground level, that field level was really nice. I've, uh, I've done a couple other outdoor games when I was living in Colorado. Um, the one at Coors Field is pretty comparable. Uh, back when the Avalanche played uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, I was up higher, though, you know, as a spectator. So... Having, you know, that as a uh, as a barometer of, of what the difference is, is, I mean, this was a much grander uh, scale. You know, the Winter Classic is the premier event. So uh, very fun, uh, very nice to kind of experience from, from that side, you know, the locker room and, and everything behind the scene, you know, kind of how the sausage is made. So it was great. Well, very, uh, very important work that you do. And uh, we're very thankful for your help. But even more importantly, your smarts, because I know even if I tried, I'd, I'd be just very frustrated throwing a computer at the ground to try to fix it if, if I could. Well, the first click thing you a do couple is turn it off. Like and then turn it off, then turn yeah. on. That's always like step one uh, okay. of troubleshoot. Turn yeah. it off. On and off. A little yeah. reset. See if it'll. 
And then if itself. not, then you then you smack it like once, right? Is that <laughs> like the iPad? When you when you go back and watch the iPad after you miss an open net, and then you just want to chuck it. Oh yeah, it's called a percussive maintenance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about because the event? Well, how about for you, Nick? Oh, jeez. Yeah, let's hear how Nick's, nice. Let's hear <clears throat> how he felt about the whole uh, thing. How, how nice of you guys to ask. I, I didn't think you would, so thanks. Um, special. Um, I've been fortunate to be part of uh, at least broadcasting a couple of outdoor games now. Uh, did the Winter Classic last year at Fenway Park in Boston with the Hall of Famer Pat Foley, which was uh, a dream come true. And the future Hall of Famer, you're sitting across from the guy you work with. Uh, oh, I was going to get to that. Yeah, no, I know. I just wanted to make sure that you know, he's trying to earn his brownie there, points. People back. Under, out there understand, you know, the unbelievably mutual respect that we have for one another. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure everybody yeah. knew that I, Johnny's going to the, you know, Going the going Hall of Fame. The yeah, you are going somewhere. You are at some point. Middle John. name Foster. Yeah, not so. bananas. Um, okay, we're not getting into the bananas Fosters. Oh, and I owe you too. By the way, go ahead, Nick. Finish your thought, and then we're going to get into that. Grant, we're going to go off script here. Nick, tell us your thoughts, and then I want to talk about the shot that he, he that was heard around the world the other day with my ice cream and a fork. The smoking okay, gun. But having been a part of a couple outdoor games, I, I think this one just had a, a really heartfelt and special feel for me. Obviously, being part of the Kraken and and being such an honor to be a small part of this organization uh, and to see some of my and hear from some of my friends that were at the game and how excited they were and the buzz around the town and the merchandise like we saw that the team did such a great job with. Um, it was just an incredible event, and, and I think it really did encapsulate every part of the word spectacle um, of being at T-Mobile Park and, and what a great job the league did to put on an event. I mean, it's it's the marquee event in the National Hockey League's regular season. That kind of breaks up the dog days of the monotony of the season for the, for the team to be part of it. That was very special. Um, and obviously as a broadcaster, when you know a team super well, it just makes you a little bit more comfortable going in. And obviously the Kraken play in Vegas being in the same division uh, certainly helps with that but I just remember looking around and trying to take it in because I think one of the things I struggle most with in my life is I'm kind of always on to the next thing it's like I have a hard time stopping and smelling the roses and that day I really I really try to just look around enjoy the day and know also of all of the work that the league that the ice crew that the IT staff that the concession stand workers, everybody uh, put in hours and weeks and days uh, to put on this event and for these two great teams to go head-to-head. So um, a very special one, I know, for all of us and for the entire city. But whether you were there, whether you watched from the comfort of your couch with the fireplace on, this will be a day that Kraken fans all around the world will always remember from the pictures to who they were there with and where they were when they were watching. So just an incredible day for me, and and I think the league did, league did just a phenomenal job. And yet another example that Seattle is indeed a hockey town. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, what yeah. dessert? All right, what? Okay, take a breath. Here okay, so 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 like, look, a full who's disclosure. I like who's the host of this? Well, okay. Nikki's the host, and okay. he needs to take a breath. All right, just and I'm his sure. I'm his farger, and I'm telling him Faja. to Austin Farger. Faja. Okay. Who is your Faja? Who is your Faja? <laughs> Those are the best movies. <laughs> yeah. 
Johnny can't even. He can't even <laughs> he keep it together over there. All right, so so look at everybody knows like Johnny and I. Yeah, we love each other, but yeah, but it's it, there's a, there is tension. There there is tension for every sure. relationship. There, that's, that's right. There's but tension. It, but it, I think it's uh, it's it's like I said, mutual uh, respect, but. The shot you took the other day when you talked about the ice cream, and then there you you mentioned a fork right after that. I've never seen and, anybody. And then you and then you before. and then you have this. Uh, you mimic how I attack my ice cream in front of millions of people. Like, why did I? First off, I don't eat ice cream with a fork. Have I ever? Yes, hundred percent. I couldn't find a spoon one day. So what do you want me to do? I can't eat it with a plastic spoon if it had just come out of the freezer. I have to attack it with a fork. Now, don't ask me how big the fork was because it was pretty big. So, But you sent out a flare that I eat ice cream with a fork. And, I, and I thought that was low. I thought that was like you a, eat that with, was a blow, with, that was a low blow and a half. Whatever I'm just telling you right now. utensil it remains after you're done. With this display, which is second to none, <laughs> to watch you enjoy. There are people that that eat obviously for for the and we don't reasons. set an alarm for that. Okay, but, I'm just letting you. You letting enjoy the know. experience better than most. <laughs> he loves ice cream. He loves everything about it just as much as anything. He loves the entire meal from start to finish. <laughs> he loves perusing the menu. He loves asking questions. The wait staff. He enjoys the endless appetizers that appear. He, he enjoys the camaraderie, I hope, the conversation that's attached to it that usually he controls. <laughs> Can you give he, us the... He enjoys a lot of... And, he's, and, and I will say this, seriously. He's the most generous guy in the world mm. because it's, it's a battle for the for the bill and, and it's you always lose um you know even maybe when well, i'm not going to go into that one but anyway uh so any by the time you get to dessert it, it, there's one utensil left <laughs> and it's not the knife and all you asked for wasn't another spoon you asked the weight person for extra okay extra <laughs> bananas foster jt we went Grant. to El Gaucho in Bellevue. We did, where we always have a great meal. We oh, do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Katie right? Alpa, thank and, you so and much. Some NHL, NHL people yeah. with us. Yeah, mm. Woj and Sammy came with us. And yeah. we had a great night arguing. Yeah. It was wonderful. We had a little room. And we we could needed argue. our own room. Yeah, yeah we Soundproof. We argue about a lot of things. And so anyway, Bananas Foster is ordered. Yeah. Right? It was great. Unbelievable. Table, the, uh, table side. Watch your hair right there, and all I said the, the last time we were there, I, the scoopage wasn't enough. The scoopage, I, I needed, the I scoopage just, wasn't enoughage. <laughs> I mean, the scoopage JT, wasn't. Let's on. listen to you, that you, for you, a minute. You've been out with us for let's dinner and stuff, what right? He like just if, said. I want, if I need extra, I got to ask for it, right? What's the big no, deal? Because Nothing the wrong with that, right? No, there's nothing wrong with adding an extra scoop of ice cream. I like ice cream too. Yeah. The first time they brought the bananas Foster at this restaurant. They put put the cart right behind me, and my hair caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> too much hairspray. Too much yeah, hairspray. Too, too exactly. much product. Hair don't move. Anyway, this time, this time he looks and says, "Is there anything else you need?" And he looks and says, "Extra, extra, <laughs> extra ice cream, please." So they wheeled over a cart with ice cream, <laughs> lots of it, and that that's what happened. 
and you were smiling and happy, and that's the bottom line. But, the, but then you because we're ringing in the new year together, well, no, and well, God, yeah, and, yeah. and that and, was it was beautiful. But yes. you, but you, you do this, and again, unfortunately, we're, we we don't have any uh, viz for this or video. We say in the business, uh, you 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 do something with your arms and like you no, like no. you're you, hugging your thing and no, then you, you hunch your back. You surround like your meal like a nose tackle over the center. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> really? Yeah, and if people don't follow football, I'll come up with another analogy, but people might get that, like oh. the nose tackle surrounds without infringing in like the neutral the, zone. That, are you talking like the love shove or the tush push? Or no. what, what are we talking <laughs> about here? What are we talking about We'll get about to the here? tush push later. Uh, but <laughs> no, like, this is what you do, and your shoulders kind of bevel in, and you and you and your arms go into this, this formation, and you <laughs> surround the, the food. Is it kind of like a dog and when they get real folks, protective of their food? You yeah. know, they get around, like someone starts walking by their bowl, and you can notice a dog that gets real. <laughs> Similar to that, exactly. I he's don't just make ready any to, noises. Not really, you no, do but you're ready, but he's ready to go. <laughs> because when you've had enough, and I've been on the other end of this, when he's had enough, he growls in, in a way, and you know you got to back off <laughs> yeah, right, right. right now. Yeah. might just be right. a look, though. Yeah. It, it's usually a look or an, an emoji you might get Thanks, first JT. thing in the morning. Thanks for having okay? me back here. But anyway, so what he does is he, he, he gets in this position, and he hunches over and he's laughing and he's talking and he's shoveling a mile a minute, <laughs> a mile a minute. It looks like an assembly line. This thing is just going in. And remember, and NHL can, doesn't stand for National Hockey League. That's right. It's the Never Hungry League. Never just, hungry re, league. just remember that. There's always some But we have a great some time. food. Yeah, we're always laughing. And we so love our lives. Just for the record, I eat ice cream with a spoon. <laughs> and if there's not a spoon available or the ice cream's too hard, then I do go to a pitchfork. <laughs> and, and you do. And you do. I have. That's yeah. that is. But you made you it sound desserts. that night. That night and we did the Flyers game. You you purposely planned it where you set up like I ordered a gallon of ice cream for the Bananas Fosters, and then there was pause, 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 commercial break, come back. Oh, Edso enjoys it with a fork as well. And it was just like the <laughs> longest pause there. So you and I heard on social media and InstaFace and everything else is that you, that was a shot. And this has bothered me the last couple of days. I sat on okay. it over New Year's. I thought about it. I had, did, a, I had a couple of I had a couple of conversations <laughs> with people, and I said, "You know what? We're going to do this podcast, and you know what? We're going to have it out here." Okay. So it, look, we're going to drop it now. We're clean, but that's just we, so you know. We have another I, game I do, tomorrow. I do like ice cream, and I eat it with a spoon most how, times. Who has? I have one very pressing question. Who, who has more fun than us? I like to meet them. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Think I don't or her. Yeah. I like to meet them. Yeah, no, nobody. I don't nobody. think anybody no, does. Nobody. And, it, and it translates on the broadcast and uh, to all of us talking now. Um, one last thing I, I wanted to talk about uh, with you guys before we get into the Kraken as of now. Um, the Winter Classic, as we've talked about, is all about grassroots and brings players and people that belong to the organization and work for both the Vegas Golden Knights and the Kraken. Brings you back to your childhood. So I'd love to ask each of you, do you have any memories of playing growing up when you were younger, outside, or even where you got your start in wanting to play hockey? Um, but any, JT, any memories when you were uh, 
younger playing on the outdoor ponds? Yeah, I mean, basically all of them. Um, yeah. Growing up in Minnesota, going out to the lakes, that's just what we did. We were on the ponds, and almost every neighborhood had some sort of outdoor rink for us to play. Obviously a little bit colder than the beautiful weather we had during the uh, Winter Classic, <laughs> yeah. but... Uh, you know, I always just remember coming home from school and going straight to the going straight to the park, going straight down with your skates, your sticks, and you know everybody just throws the sticks in the middle. And multiple times you'd pick teams, and you know you'd stay there until your parents got home from work, and you would just get picked up right there and be like, "Hey, it's time for dinner." And so you literally spent you know the first few hours after school every single day just going there, and then you'd try to convince your parents to go back after dinner too. So, I mean, I think for us that's just especially being in Minnesota where. The ponds do freeze. They have, you know, local, your local uh, park just has a outdoor rink as well. Maybe sometimes three or four of them in one park. So I think for me, that's just all we did. That's how I got to have the love of hockey more so than obviously we have rinks and going to the games and doing that, but we would even have organized team practices outside. Yeah. Um, so for me, and literally I would say during the winter months, probably three quarters of the time you're playing hockey was outside. It was only a small percentage that we actually were inside of a rink, whether it was playing a game or practicing. The rest of it was just having fun with your friends and, you know, staying out there until you felt like you had frostbite. And fortunately <laughs> enough for, for myself, uh, the park closest to our house had a warming house, so we could Oof. go inside and warm up just a little bit uh, if yeah. things did get too cold. But, uh, you know, that was basically it. That was everything, you know, just taking your skates and sticks, you know, putting them up over your shoulder and then walking down to the park until, you know, basically until, like you said, your hands felt like they were going to fall off or until your parents came by and said, hey, like, you got to come home. Like, we're we're picking you up. <laughs> and those, no phones though, right, either. So yeah. they just knew where we were at all times. As soon as the winter came and the ice was ready, we were down at the, uh, the local rinks. Aside from the uh, organized practices that you mentioned, I read a lot of stories and talked to some players when they were younger playing on the rinks, and they talked about how it was just kind of free hockey, right, pond hockey. Do you think that playing that freestyle is just stick and puck? But I'm sure there was some intensity and obviously competitiveness too, so you get that involvement. But do you think that kind of just free fluidity helped you in your creativity? as a player, just kind of playing in those, in those types of environments and games? Oh, hundred uh, percent. You know, obviously not having any structure when you pick up the stick, someone's playing forward, someone's playing defense as uh, half the time you don't even, you didn't have a goalie, right? So now you're trying to hit the post uh, instead of, you know, just putting it into the, the net and trying to beat a goalie. So I think there's definitely, I mean, there's still work competitive games outside. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, you know, people getting, some people still probably, you know, took a couple off the shins or, <laughs> A couple slashes up high, but, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I would say, yeah, you definitely have your creativity because there really isn't much structure. You're playing a different position. There's no real rules per se, um, but uh, definitely was led to the creativity, especially from this standpoint, you don't always have a goalie. In organized practices, yeah, you'd have your goalie out there and such, or you'd be flipping something upside down so you could only shoot at the top portion mm -hmm. of the net. So it definitely changes uh, the aspect of the game when you're out there just throwing the sticks in the middle. Dad? Well, I mean, I think what, what I remember of was, uh, you know, my dad, your grandpa, uh, building a rink in our in our first house that I grew up in and, and learned to play hockey in a small little suburb of Chicago called Niles, Illinois. My dad would, you know, head to the hardware store and he'd pick up a bunch of two-by-fours and then he would nail them together and then he would... You know, kind of put, uh, it, it seemed like it was like a pool liner, but, it, you know, it was, I think it was more big hefty bags on the grass. And then he would 
get the hose out there and fill it. And then, you know, I'd go and skate there. And we really didn't have ponds anywhere for where, where I was growing up. But we did have a couple of outdoor rinks. And there was something to it. And I think when JT talked about it, when he started mentioning it, I was like, oh, yeah. It was uh, when you go there with 8 or 10 or 15 kids and, okay, well, how are we going to figure it out? It's like, okay, we're all going to throw our sticks in the middle of the ice. looks like firewood, and all of a sudden the oldest kid will just go in there and say, okay. Now, I think the oldest kids certainly knew who used what sticks. So oh, yeah, you knew. <laughs> you, 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 depending you know, upon where you went, the hat would be filled over your eyes, but you could see either yeah, a little bit or yeah. you know what somebody's knob looked like or yeah, the tape exactly, job. Yeah, exactly. come on, we so always you'd be, knew. You'd be throwing it over and whatever, but, I mean, those were – just great days. But the one thing I really, I mean, I remember, and I kind of told this story a little bit the other day on the TNT broadcast for the Winter Classic was um, my late mom, um, she had this thing about us skating outside. And she was so worried about frostbite because you're right, JT, we'd be out there all day and you just didn't know any better. And you, you, you were cold, but you really didn't care because you're out there playing the greatest game in the world. But for me, um, my mom said, if you're going to go outside, uh, I want to protect your toes and your feet, and uh, you're going to have to wear baggies, sandwich baggies, around <laughs> your feet, and you put them in your skates because if it's good to free sandwiches in these bags, it would be good to put your little toes in these bags while you're skating outside and protect your toes so they never get frostbite. And I'll be honest with you, for as many years as I skated outside, and look, it was probably, I started playing hockey when I was six and a half and probably played outside till I was 13, so do the math, right? So I wore baggies on my feet. Now, I, when I got a little bit bigger, I, you know, one of my nicknames when I was a kid was Bigfoot because I had a size 12 and a half when I was, you know, 11 years old. So I had to wow. like do a couple of, you know, I had to double baggies, you know, into the skates. But I'll tell you what, though, it, it worked. It worked. I never, no frostbite and it was a good thing. So if there are any young hockey players out there, hockey moms, hockey dads, if they're, children are going out and skating or somebody's listening to us in Minnesota or Chicago or in Winnipeg where I spent a bunch of years of my NHL career and it does get a little chill will there in the peg you know what if your child's going outside don't be afraid to you know put a not a ziplock bag you know you, not a ziplock you're not zipping it, just get a sandwich <laughs> like one of the you know the, the 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 sandwich baggies that you can freeze you get your feet in there and then you put them <laughs> in the skates and it should protect you for a while. So that that was the one thing. And look at I, my mom was our goalie as as a kid, and we play hockey in our living room. We weren't allowed to have any furniture in our living room because that was our hockey space. So my mom was an unbelievable goaltender. And uh, uh, but yeah, that's the one thing I remember about outdoors. It's the first thing I remember skating outside. Is I wasn't allowed to skate outside unless I had the uh, those baggies, uh, the sandwich baggies on my feet. Well, I didn't never I never put the sandwich bags. Okay, but. What we did, I went to the Played Against Sports, and my parents bought me a skates that were maybe two sizes too big. Okay. So then I could have two pairs of wool socks underneath okay. my skates, mm. and then in they, my feet would stay warm or warmer. Yeah, right, right. Now, it was a little bit harder to skate every once in a while. You got a size and a half to two sizes too big. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that might be a little bit more comfortable than having yeah. 
Ziploc bags. No, around, not Ziploc. Sandwiches, no zips. There's no zips in there. Just, you stick your foot into the sandwich bag, you put it in your skate, you mm-hmm. tie it. It's protecting. It's like when you put a sandwich in the freezer. It doesn't get it doesn't get ruined. It doesn't get ruined, and the same thing with your toes. So I think that's the mindset. I wasn't going to argue with my mom. I was not, no, you know, because no, no, I wanted never. to go play JT. Right? I wanted to go outside, so I did what I did, and I think it worked. And even even the great one when I told that story the other day on the TV broadcast, I told that story. Wayne Gretzky says, "Wow, you learn something every day," and I just learned something about skating outside with putting baggies on your on your on your feet. So I'm going to try it next time. Okay, I, I'm just let me let me know. Did, yeah, did I, you ever reuse those bags for sandwiches? Oh, I'm and sure put my a, I'm sure my mom. After you, put a, I'm going to put a baggie sure over my, my head tomorrow night. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> now why did you cross the line there? It's 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 honest. That, that's an yeah, honest. Story. Very honest. That's an honest story. Johnny, how about you? How about I'm, you, Johnny? Did I'm, you lace them up back no, in the day? No, I'm going to be very honest and as concise as I can with this story because I think it's. It's good. I've never talked about this. So it's a first. And so for my own, I don't have any regrets, thankfully, God, God willing and moving forward. And, and I can say that very few in my life. Okay. The one I have is somewhat connected to this sport. So my memories of hockey go back to 1970. That's my most vivid memory of the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. So I was eight years old. My sister's nine years older than I. She was very, very sick when she was young. She had rheumatic fever. She had some, uh, they didn't think she was going to be able to walk. She had some birth problems. Anyway, my parents, she was bedridden for about five years. Then I came along. For whatever reason, you talk about overprotective. As I look back at it now, I was kind of in a shell from, till I was about eight years old. I grew up in Western Massachusetts and the rinks didn't start to be built until the Bruins won their first Stanley Cup. The town rinks went up. The, if you look at some of the players that have played from that area, Bill Guerin being one of those, it's about five years after, a little bit uh, younger than I am. Paul Fenton played, grew up in that area. He's, a little bit, he's about a little bit older than me. But anyway, there was very few opportunities. So I never had an opportunity to play. And... That's really the only regret I have. Now, my dad was an excellent skater for whatever reason. He would go out and play, and I watched him play, and I never got it. But I never really asked for anything with regard to hockey, and I played a ton of baseball, um, basketball, a little bit of football. When you're in a room with pro athletes, your athletic career really doesn't matter um, because they played at the highest level. But anyway, I love sports. But my memories went to hockey when the Bruins won, because of the broadcast I heard. So that's when I started to have an interest in the sport and a love for the sport. And even though I played other sports, I, and was decent at a couple of them, I loved hockey for whatever reason. And it was my mom who encouraged me to do what I do. It was my dad who was my first color analyst. And I started at age eight, going into a cassette recorder, doing what I do. And that's when I decided to do it. It had nothing to do with playing. And I got frustrated because I wanted to. And when I was around 12, I tried. But kids were already ahead of me. And so because of that, I gave up on it. And uh, never told this story. And, but why do you have a love for hockey the way I do? I, I think it has a lot to do with everything that happened to me. 
So it became my passion. It was my friends that encouraged me through high school. To, you got to do this someday. I didn't go to college for it. My friends in college encouraged me to go for it. I got some really good advice and it happened for me, right? But I, that's where I started to read about the game, learn about the game when I was 12 years old. My mom, I wasn't a good reader. My mom said, read books about hockey. Will you please read something? So if it wasn't for her telling me to do this and my dad encouraging me to do something you love, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So it has nothing to do with being on the pond, but it has everything to do with being on the pond, if you understand. So I think I have a, a, a feel for what these two guys were able to do with their athletic careers. And I, I love the game of hockey. And so... I love other sports, but not as much as I love hockey. And so that's kind of what it was. And, um, and, and for me, that's, that's the only thing. And then as, as I got older, the rink started and New England became a hotbed. And, and you know what? It's because of what the Bruins did. Mm -hmm. And hopefully years down the road after we're done with our work here, it'll happen here. Because right now we're three years into an existence of a franchise and we've already had a spectacular two-round of Stanley Cup playoff action to look at and an outdoor game right? And a team that's in the thick of things again. So uh, it's pretty special. I hope the fans understand this is coming in a hurry here. Um, but that's my story. That, that, that's kind yeah. of um, how it happened for me. And, and I think too, is to just echo on Johnny's talking about the, you know, the, the, the voyage that this franchise is on. And so early in that maiden voyage is the impact of the game three years, five years, 10 years down the road is that, you know, we live in a society. I mean, it's a fast food society where we see something, we want it, we want to buy it, we want to try it, we want to go there. And then now you have all these young athletes, boys and girls watching the crack and watching the playoff run Johnny mentioned, watching the Winter Classic, and they look at their parents or whoever their caretakers are and go, you know, I want to try that. I want to I skate. I want to pick up a hockey stick. I want to do those type of things. And, and that's where the impact will be five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And just, you can just, you'll see, there'll be an um, unbelievable, unbelievable curve in a positive way where, the Kraken come to Seattle and in the in the surrounding areas where all of a sudden hockey numbers of sign up and just learning to play the greatest game in the world will will you just you'll see the numbers and they'll just you'll know what the tie-in is as well. Wow, the Kraken came to town. They have an unbelievable run. They got unbelievable leadership and the young players and the games and the winter classic and the playoffs. And so like it, it just, it all ties in. And that's why the grassroots of the outdoor game is so important. And let me just quickly say for my children, because of what happened with me, I, they were all on skates by age three and the two girls can skate, skate. Okay. But they went into dance and other things. And my son, as you know, was able to play through AAA programs and into college hockey and so mm -hmm. on. And I would encourage any family to do it because it, it does bring your family together. And uh, we, we talked about the backyard at, at your home in Chicago. We, Nikki and I talked about it on the air. Mm -hmm. and, and JT, I know you, you know what this is all about with the 10,000 lakes that uh, exist mm -hmm. in Minnesota. But I mean, it, it's special, right? There's something about this sport. I can't put my finger on it, and I'm, I've been in it almost 40 years. But there's something about it, uh, whether it's the diligence that you need to play it or the, the unity, the right type of parental support, not the wrong type, the right type of parental. We hear about the wrong stuff all the time, but there is good parental support that really establishes a bond like you two have. You know what I mean? So that's uh, and I have with my son. So I would encourage it's a great game. 
That's the bottom line. I say it anytime I can is that with all due respect to every other great sport that there is, I think what makes hockey so great is the people that are involved in it. And so many of those and some of the very finest sitting at this table with you three. Um, three more questions, one for each of you. Johnny, what were your thoughts on the Winter Classic on the ice oh. for the Kraken and a huge 3 nothing win? Well, scoring first in a game like that is vital. They did. Um, from our perspective, we, we were really able to see how muddy it was through the middle of the ice for Vegas to try to get through that. And we felt it, too. We could feel it. Um, I thought the game had a little bit of physicality to it, which was good, and he's not over the top, but there was enough of it. It appeared that the Kraken were ready and willing to play through that and, and, and impact their will on Vegas at times, which was good. Um, obviously, Decord is a huge story in the game, but he came up with a three or four biggies, but for the most part, it was well played defensively. I mean, they were back defending in their zone, organized, you know, from what we could see. Um, and, and Eddie can, and JT watch it uh, from his view and, and Eddie from the broadcast booth uh, uh, high above. Interested to hear what they think. But I thought it, it was a well-played game that Vegas, as the game went along, they are having a hard time dealing with for whatever reason. So um, good for the Kraken. Slow early, I think, through the neutral zone because that was my key to the game was the neutral zone. And, and I made mention of that even though Vegas, is, VGK, has had the number of the Kraken, so to speak, so far here early in the, you know, the, the, the early run, the, I said, I still feel this, is that the best game that this team has played as a franchise was the Black Friday game two Thanksgivings ago in Las Vegas where they just absolutely shut down Vegas and played so well in the middle of the ice and it was one of those games was textbook. Early in that game, I felt from up top, I think they had four or five odd man situations. Vegas did. A couple of them, they never got a shot on goal. Joey made a save on one or two. Once they cleaned that up, the chances that Vegas got were pretty much from the blue line in. And that and the, you play against really good teams. And that's one thing Vegas I don't think got enough credit for. We tried to emphasize that last year because we had the game, the Stanley Cup final on TNT last year is that Vegas can check. Like, they can, like they, they play a checking, relentless game. And I thought early in the game, they missed opportunities, right? And the Kraken, Johnny made the perfect point. They got their, you know, they got their early goal by Ellie in front of the net. Simple play, all by himself. Little redirect, Hunter got it in. And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're off and running, if I can use a line from Johnny. So, I, I think... I don't want to say they dodged the slow start through the middle of the ice. And usually Vegas takes advantage of that because they're highly skilled. So that's what I saw. Um, and I thought that game could easily have been a 5-3 game. I think both goalies made some unbelievable stops. I mean, Jack Eichel could have had two, maybe three in that game. And Joey obviously shut the door. But it was, I thought early, there was a little bit of rough rough goal for the Kraken, but they settled down. And then after the first eight, nine minutes, I think they really kind of shut them down. Yeah, it kind of felt like maybe just feeling out the game a little bit uh, there early. But, I mean, for me, just watching, uh, and it was a heck of a game. I thought Seattle played really well. Um, you just look at all the aspects throughout. Obviously, again, you guys already mentioned Joey, and I think that's a huge story. First ever shutout in the Winter Classic. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to do that and some of the saves he made, uh, pretty spectacular, right? But uh, I think the bigger part is for the team as a whole, didn't let 
what was the spectacle and for the fans and how great of a, a event this was distract them from the fact that there are two points on the line, right? And yeah, they did give up a couple of chances, but when they settled into their game, I mean, Seattle's a hard team to beat, but when they get to get to their own checking game, like you said, clog up the middle, don't give teams too many opportunities. I mean, it's really fun to watch. And I mean, for me, just watching from the stands a little bit further back, you kind of see the plays and how things develop. Uh, Again, that's 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 cracking hockey, baby. If you're able to steal another one from uh, John Forslund, but hey, John, hey, <laughs> what no. do you say? I, you know what? You see that again? Now but the see what people that I'm, listen I'm to this don't see your face. He stared off into the distance with that ang- that anguish. Was, look. That was sincere. Eyes were squinting. My, that was sincere. Thank you, JT. Thank you, JT. And go. I don't even know where I was going after that. Now I've just lost it. But JT, you said business as usual, and I thought it was funny because after the game, when Will Borgen was being interviewed, he said we were business as usual, but it was kind of hard because we were trying to have so much fun, and yeah. you, you couldn't help but have fun. Well, just bottle it, right? Well, just, it, yeah. using it the right way, then, right? Yeah. You know, obviously they understand, and it's a real cool experience. I've never been able to play in an outdoor game, but I could only imagine how cool it would be um, to be able to play in you know a crowd of that size. You get the airs above you you're not enclosed into a building but mm-hmm. it didn't distract them at least from watching them from how they want to play the game they kept it simple they did exactly what they did they executed the game plan in the way that they did they still had fun and mm-hmm. i think that's you need to right if you're winning hockey games and you're playing well that is fun there's nothing fun about losing or you know not having a good game so if you're doing the things the right way, you're executing the game plan in the way you are it's going to be fun you're going to have you know those opportunities and you know what a what a way for Will Borgen, though, to score the, yeah. the first one of, of the year as well. Two more quick things. Joey Decord, phenomenal run for him. 6 0 and 2, 956 save percentage on 135 goals against average with two shutouts since December 2nd on the nine game franchise record, nine game point streak. JT, Joey, just real quickly. Joey, 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 Joey. Joey, 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 Joey. Hey, hey, what do you say? That's cracking hockey, I'm baby. So, Lily, Lily loved that. Lily was chanting Joey. Like, why are they saying Joey? I'm like, well, Joey's the goalie. He's doing good. They want to chant his name. And so then she started going after yeah. Joey. Okay. Yeah, but sorry. I mean, what a story, Back right? To your question. 2015, seventh round draft pick. He had one scholarship offer when he went to college, went to Arizona State. Played well there. Started in the American Hockey League. Went to the ECHL. And now, because of the injury to Philip Grubauer, is getting this great run. And the goaltending, I think we can all agree, has been outstanding. It's been very good all year long. We talked about it a little while. I don't mean to jump in. But the, the goaltending, the team, look at where, where the team is. Look at they're 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 within an arm's reach right now of a wild card, right? And look at, you know, you got some teams struggling above now in a division. So, look, at they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. But the, the the team is not where they are because of the goaltending. I, I am I'm I'm getting a little frustrated where you know well if the goaltending would have been better earlier no, you needed your better players to be better then. That's what the skaters the goaltending has been fine. Yeah, has there been some bad games? Yes. If they had some bad goals, hundred percent every team does. But this team, if it wasn't for the goaltending. Let me put it this way: if, the, if if it if it wasn't for the goaltending, and I'm adding the whole year, not the last uh, the streak, the numbers that Nick just read, this team would the hole would be way bigger if the goaltending had been subpar. So that's just my opinion. So um, go ahead, uh, JT. Sorry, just thoughts on Joey uh, lately, JT. I mean, it's been fantastic. I think uh, 
The number one thing, you know, I look at is, is your goaltender giving you an opportunity to win the game? And they have been. Joey has been. And, and that goes to your point, Edzo, for the whole year, right? Do they give you an opportunity to right. win the game? And I've said yes. Obviously, Joey's numbers right now are, you know, they're at towards the top of the league during this last stretch. So Unreal. Unreal. For him to be able to keep doing that, I mean, it's it says a lot about him. It says a lot about his work ethic, you know, the journey that he's taken to get here. But also about, you know, rising to the occasion, rising to the moment. Uh, obviously, Philip Grubauer, nobody wants to see an injury. And I think Joey would say the same thing as well. But when he got this opportunity to, you know, take the reins and to, to be the, the number one goalie, for say, right now or however it's going to work, he's stepped up. And he's played some of his best hockey that I've seen him play and watched him throughout the year. You know, he's just elevated to another level. And, you know, that's a special type of player. Not everybody gets to that level. Or if they get that opportunity, do they perform? Do they let it, does the pressure get to him? Yeah, you might only get one chance, right? You might, you might only get one chance. The shot. pressure has seemed like it's nothing to Joey. Joey yeah. looks like he's having fun. Um, and obviously I watched the interview afterwards too at the TNT desk. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's an awesome guy. Confident. I mean, yeah. One of the nicest people in the world, too. So you couldn't be happier for, for somebody like that to be able to be doing what he's doing. And Dreeks came in. Yeah, right. I was going to say that. Calgary. One, yeah, one last thing. I just on the goaltender is, is Chris Trigger had not played an NHL game in 18, 19 months, whatever it was, Johnny, right? That's right. And to be put in that situation, the first game coming out of the Christmas break, I mentioned this on the TV broadcast the other day. Um, Good for him. You know, I mean, yeah. that, that, it's a tough spot. And yeah. a lot of teams put their backup goaltender in that spot because you've been off for three days. There's no practice. You get the shooter on in the morning and look at I, – I, good for Dreeks, you know, because look at the injury and not being in the NHL the last little while and stuff. And he's – like you said, come in. When your number's called, you got to do the job. And he did the job. That's a huge win, right? It oh, continued yeah. the streak that yeah. the team was on. And it gave Joey a couple of days to practice or whatever and get ready for the for the Flyers. <laughs> and then here we are now, and, and uh, he wins in the Winter Classic. So uh, tip of the hockey helmet to Dreeks for the job that he did on uh, in Calgary. I would I would think without looking at some of the fancy numbers that Drieger's game was more of a steal than some of Joey's brilliant performances, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To be to mm -hmm. be fair, sure. Joey has done his job exceptionally well, right. right? Which is as these guys have pointed out, a goalie needs to do. So you always connect the dots before you get to the goalie. And to be fair about this entire season, look look what's changed here. They're scoring first now more than usual. Mm -hmm. That wasn't happening at the beginning of the year. They're always getting scored on. They have to be better at home in the second half to make the playoffs. It looks like it's starting to come around. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, and in the in the middle of it all is, is the goalie performance, which is which has been very very strong, which is good. But it hasn't been. I hope I'm on on the mark here. Over the top. I, I don't think it's all on the goalie mm -hmm. all the time. Right. You know, it's just make the big save. That's hockey. You know, when a goalie look at Brodeur's fantastic career, he made the big saves at the right time. They suppressed a ton of shots back in those days and that he did his job better than most. Uh, Joey right now is taking advantage of an opportunity. And in the worst times for this team, it wasn't about the goalies. I'll back it up. Yeah. Eddie said, JT, I know you agree. It, it, it wasn't. And, and hopefully, you know, Philip Grubauer comes back and you have two options. 
mm-hmm. two guys who play the game differently. It's hard to pre-scout the Kraken because you're not sure, you know, which goalie you're going to get because I think you, you need, need it. You right? need Look, to. Yeah, right. You think about last year. You, you, need, you, need, you need depth. And that's something this organization is trying to continue to build through the right. draft and acquisitions. It's not easy. And one last thing I want to say, I know we got to wrap up, but um, you look at the timing of where – can you say worm or fish turned? I, I don't know what's the proper when the when the kind of the kraken we we were the, the team was a worm turns. Yeah, okay, the worm the turns. fish kind of okay. swivels. Okay, and right, but they're fish underwater. And, fish and worm they, 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 they kind of go together, right? Yeah. You put worms on a on a hook. Eight game losing streak now into points and nine okay, straight. Right. One point off a wild card but, position. But when you think about it, in my opinion, and I've kind of touched on it prior, but when general manager Ron Francis recalled Riker Evans. He came in and played his very first game against the New Jersey Devils. And the Kraken probably should have won that game. In the third period, they dominated. And they just couldn't find a way to put the puck in the back of the net, which has been I mean, an issue, but it's been a problem of not being able to really generate as much and finish as much. But they lost that first game, and Riker Evans played really well. When you look at the numbers since that time, I don't think there's any doubt, my opinion, is that when Riker Evans was recalled, that got a lot of people's attention. And you started seeing healthy scratches by veteran guys. Brian Dumoulin was a healthy scratch. Justin Schultz was a healthy scratch. I don't know how much farther it was going to go. But to me, when you look at the numbers and when he arrived, that got everybody's attention. And I don't think you can underestimate the way that Evans played, but then also the impact that he had of being here. Because all of a sudden, you got a young guy that's going to be a very good player for a long time. I think we'd all agree, JT, Johnny, right? Nick, yeah, he's going to sure. like he's going to give them something that they don't have right now. So, and I know Riker's gone back, but I think it goes hand in hand. That's just that's just my opinion. I'd have to double check the date. I saw somewhere on Twitter. Actually, it's not Twitter. It's X. Um, also, this, what do you say, the worm turn? Yeah. Yeah, the worm. Around the time, somehow the Adam Larson shirts came about. Mm. With and the that, bowl haircut. And I don't know, but I'd have to double check. We might Somebody might double check the fact. We might all figure it out. Somebody, whoever's listening to this, will find it out. But I mm-hmm. saw a tweet that said something. Is, is it a tweet anymore? Is the, I'm, this thing's holding is confused. It's still a tweet. A tweet? Everybody, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. with those shirts and them having fun again too, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yours is probably better. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm uh, saying I, the t-shirt might I, I have think, something yeah, to do with I, it too, I, I okay? Think, yeah, I, I think all of a sudden <laughs> when uh, guys aren't in the lineup and you got a young guy coming in, I think that gets people's attention. And you know who's played? I mean, the pair of Alexiak and Borgen have been... They've been flat out awesome, mm-hmm. you know. And look at all the D, all the D, and you need it. But I just, it's, you know, again, one man's opinion and following this team on a daily basis like I do and like we do. And you just see, you know, why or how or what's in. Sometimes, you know, it's it's okay to, uh, you know, just light a little bit of a fire over here. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay, who's next, right? And Well, I've been there. You know, and that's... Players live that. I lived it. I lived it as a as a young player. I lived it as an older player. And um, so I just think that the, when, when Ron Francis made that move, I don't think you, you can't look at that move and go, 
it was more than just bringing in a young player to play. Like it was, it was an attention getter in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think he certainly did. And you can't look at, you've played nine or 10 games, whatever it is. And including the, the loss to New Jersey where they probably deserve better. Um, I think uh, it's something, uh, something to think about. And you said it right away. Mm -hmm. Like Eddie said it as soon as it happened. He's because I was all about who comes out and, and where is he going to fit? And will he get on the power play and all this? And, and Eddie Mm -hmm. said, you watch, it's going to affect others. And there are guys you don't think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're up in the pecking order. And and right. And so it, it, it shook them up a little bit and put them in a spot to develop, their get their chemistry back again, mm-hmm. get their good vibe back. Yeah. Uh, it's a terrific room of players. It really is. And it was frustrating to watch them at the front end of the season. There's a long way to go. There's no doubt. Um, but if this continues, it was frustrating to watch them kind of get dour on each other, maybe not on each other, but on the situation, it was so grinding and frustrating at the front of the year, the, the scheduling, the injuries, the, the overtime decisions, the shootouts that weren't going the right way, you know, split the difference on half of those. We're probably in a different spot today, mm-hmm. but that's the history of it. And now they'll move forward with what they have. So we'll see. Any parting shots that anybody wants no, to throw? No, no I no. just have really enjoyed this once again. And you're doing a great job with this podcast. I like some of the guests that you've had. I uh, look forward to seeing well, others wait, wait, wait. as we wait. move forward. Are you saying this specific podcast? No, all I said, said was some. I've enjoyed well, some of the guests. Well, so you, you haven't you, enjoyed... Who are the ones that you have in it? Grant secures the guests along with Nick. I assume this is a, a, a team here, and they do a fantastic but that was job. That a, you, for the you're most looking part, looking at me when you said some. For the most part, oh, no. You most. happen to be sitting across from me, so I don't want to be rude Thankfully. and look out the window. Okay, I never take shots, so I'm good. Yeah, that is true, JT. No, JT, so you're, you're a good teammate. Good. Good team. Excellent. I'm neutral. I'm in the middle Excellent. here. I don't know how you do it. Excellent teammate, and um, it works, and it. Um, I really enjoyed this. Well, you guys. This was fun. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Nick. You too, Nick. Go crack it. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Uh, How was your, uh, that was nice at JT. JT got me a phenomenal hot chocolate. I'm going to get a double, triple latte with a twist of uh, uh, cinnamon for $74. Okay, thank you. We get the discount here. It's all nice. We love Starbucks. Starbucks is we love Starbucks. That. Okay, you can love we, Starbucks. We, we I love like hot Starbucks. chocolate too. I, I mean, but I don't ask for a latte twist with a almond uh, chips and whatever else you put in there. I don't know. <laughs> no ice cream. <laughs> you hey, can post hey, about it on Instagram. Right, there's the no shot. shots. There's the what shot. What about milkshakes? Okay. Want to go for a shake this no, afternoon? We don't have a strawberry enough. shake. Uh-huh. I'm backing off. Yeah, on not enough. Go for a shake. When I was on the <laughs> IR there. When I was on a frappe or frappe latte. When I was on the IR there, I yeah, I smashed like a couple of McDelivery McBurgers there, singles with nothing, and like I had a dozen milkshakes in about four days. I, I had nothing to do. I couldn't work out. I was recovering. I, my wife says, "Would you like a strawberry milkshake?" I would love one. I love my wife. I've been married thirty-five plus years. He's the best thing that ever happened. Thanks, Nick. That's mom. And, and like. And I just want a strawberry milkshake. She comes home, she got four singles with a large fry. I mean, who's going to eat it? You. I, yeah, I did. It took me about but 90 seconds. To what was great about four that singles. little hiatus you had to take was we were very concerned and, and you got through it and it was great. But as the days wore on, the text started to become oh. more frequent. And the, the nature of the, the, the shots that were coming. And it was like we would do a few games and we wouldn't hear from Edzo. And you know he's watching, but he didn't have the energy to get back. And then as we got closer to what Dallas was your return, 
Was that your return? I can't remember. The big return. The big return in Dallas. Yeah, maybe. And and I, oh yeah, we went for dinner the night before. We did. Yeah, and it, you bought. Thank you very much at Moxie's. That was very nice. It was very nice of you. I saw him huddling up with the. Uh, can I get to this before we leave? Yes. Because, like I said, he's extremely generous, and you know how hard it is to get mm-hmm. the check away from him. Yeah, right? he does not have alligator arms. He does not. He does not. He is really great in that regard. Whatever the case is, because if it was up to me, we'd be going other places. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but 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 we uh, we go out, and I wanted to get it, and and so I tried to get to the the host early and and say, please, can you know? Here's my card, you know. And he watches, and as soon as I sit down, he says, "What are you doing over there with the maitre d? What are you doing?" <laughs> I said, I was just saying hello. No, no, you're not. What do you think you're doing? Ruin the whole thing. Oh, no. What do you mean ruined? No, ruin the whole thing. Uh, and I just sat there, and they, these guys nice, had a nice yeah. meal. Oh, we and did. It was I had some bread, and we oh, had a nice was, night. That's when, I got the, uh, that's when I got the mocha pie. A large. The Billy, GT, how large, big like, was it? Okay. It, it was like a shoebox. It looked it like was. Mount Rainier. <laughs> it was this big... Yeah. Mount St. Helens. Did it come with ice cream? Did it come with ice cream? No, it was an ice cream, like mocha pie. Mocha. Mocha. It was was taller than a grande coffee from Starbucks. How many layers? And then we shared, we sent some over to the general manager. Did we not? Remember? Yes. Well, we didn't. Uh, Yeah, we did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. It wasn't my, I had no part of this. And Ronnie hadn't eaten dinner yet. (laughs) Ronnie was in there with with Ricky, my brother and your uncle and our, you know, our friend. And, uh. Ronnie hadn't eaten dinner yet, and he's kind of looking over. They're like, oh, are you really going to? I'm like, yeah, I just had dinner. I got to have some of this. And I'm like, well, you know what? Going to send some more. So Ronnie <laughs> Ronnie had dessert before he had dinner. Oh. He liked it, right? He loved it. Yeah, he and really I will it. say this. If the people think this podcast was long, think about how long it takes for us to leave the restaurant. Because <laughs> but by the time we finish, we have to so go true. see the coaches, Assistant coaches who are at another there. table, yeah. and then the management is at another yeah. table, yeah. and yeah. other staff yeah, that other were staff, there. Yeah. It was a three-hour post-game show. We got the show. mayor. Yeah. We got the mayor over here. One and only. Yeah, yeah right. Well, thank First you guys class. so much. Right, Again, thank you. happy nice birthday, place. too, the other day there, Dad. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It was, yeah. A real nice, it was a real nice birthday celebration. New Year. Yeah, that was very birthday. nice. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was real you know nice. That, they JT? got me, JT. Hopefully you enjoyed that cheesecake. New Year's Day. Yeah, good. they got me at Capitol Grill downtown Yeah, after the game. They got me. Everybody sang. Oh, the whole restaurant. Oh, the yeah. whole restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Came out with the with the marching band. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. That was nice. He sang in an end flat. And they still didn't give you enough of the uh, the ice cream? He said he had... No, actually, I went for the uh, coconut cream pie. Yeah, coconut cream and pie. And the birthday cake celebration. On okay, top of the second. birthday I cake. I had a little, 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 little taste of the chocolate and a little bit of the cheesecake. I wanted Good for to you, save myself for the coconut cream Devoured the coconut cream People were taking a little bit of that and you still had your fork. In position. <laughs> now, you eat fork with a coconut cream pie. You don't eat it with ice cream. Correct. That's, that's if anybody, anybody learns anything about Correct. that today. So, all right, Nick, we got to wrap up. <laughs> Tremendous. We all right, we're going to practice. In this we're thing. going Come to on. practice. Johnny, JT, Dad, Edzo, right. Eddie. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. All right, See Nick, you again Nick. soon. Thank you, Nick. Right. Thank you. That's cracking hockey, baby. Signals from the Deep is the official podcast of the Seattle Kraken. Hosted by Nick Olchek and produced by me, Grant Beery. Have a question for Nick? Leave a voicemail on the Signals from the Deep hotline at 206-279-7810 or send an email to signals at seattlekraken.com. Your question could be featured on an upcoming episode.